Aquaman. It's getting great reactions on Twitter. Is this the DCEU savior? Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse, sitting at 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. We're going to dive into that. Disney's 2019 slate. There's a lot of movies on its palette. What's going to do best at the box office? What are we looking most forward to? We're going to look at that as well. Lion King trailer that premiered last week. We're going to take a look at that, discuss our reactions. And finally, our movie theaters on the way out. What could be possibly going on with streaming, and what could Disney and other major motion picture makers be looking at for at-home releases from here on out? We're going to dive into it in a nice little package for you to listen in your ear holes. This is Cinemaxtic. Hello and welcome to the third, third episode of the Cinemaxtic Podcast, a podcast about movies. I am your host, Max Leadham, at Max Fozzie, a.k.a. The Aquadong, here with my friends, Hell yeah. Tanner Rush on my left. Danger. Danger Rush. Rush. At Danger The most Rush. dangerous podcast guest in the game. That is, that is correct. I, I, I concur. That. Tim, across the table from me, Tim Reichmith. Well, hello there. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on social media at, at TimTrist, like Pinterest, but Tim. Very creative. Mm. And that's going to round out the panel, actually. We have two people on the panel today, but I'm excited to uh, get into all this movie news with them. First, let me go ahead and get this out of the way. Guys, we are on Apple Podcasts. The sun has risen on the Cinemaxtic Podcast world. We are in the largest directory of podcasts in the world, that being Apple Podcasts. So subscribe to us, review us, give us five stars, like us. You smash that like button, guys. Smash it. And tell us what you think of the podcast. You can send a put a review right in there. You can also, again, open up those lines at cinemaxticpod at gmail.com. Send us those emails. Send us anything you want to talk about topic-wise. We will cover that on the podcast. So, without further ado. What? Let's get wet. Aquaman. Oh my God, is it finally happening? Is it finally happening for me, the number one DC fan in the world? I feel like my time has come. Our reckoning has come. Aquaman is getting fantastic reactions on social media. What do you guys think? Um, well, everyone said that about Wonder Woman as well, but then Justice League happened. Um. Well, besides that, though, <laughs> please don't speak of that. It, it's cool that Aquaman is getting positive reactions because there was a very cool-looking trailer. I thought it got me very interested. The thing with the social media reactions, though, is that they tend to skew positive. Um, well, that's true. Yeah, but because people are feeling the hype coming out of the movie. Yep. However, um. It was interesting to me, a lot of the common threads seemed to be in a lot of those was people talking about how weird or goofy or zany coming up, like, seems like it's very idiosyncratic 
kind of tone. Oh boy, break out the dictionaries. Which is something that people were also saying about The Last Jedi in the social media reactions, which again, we talked about this movie. I liked it, but I wonder if this is going to be another case of social media reactions setting people up and then the actual movie is just really weird and polarizing. Alexa, what does idiosyncratic mean? <laughs> idiosyncratic. <laughs> um, um, I agree with what you're saying there, Tanner. To be fair, though, about the Aquaman reactions, they weren't actually directly out of a screening. I believe these were screenings aired almost, uh, aired, uh, previewed almost a week to two weeks in advance, if not further back than that. So okay. this is actually just a straight up. Uh, embargo being lifted on a movie that critics have already seen so they've they've had a chance to process their thoughts and yeah to follow up on that people are loving this movie for for three main things that i've gathered it's super fun the world building and set pieces on this thing are incredible world building that you don't see in movies that much anymore very people were comparing it to like Avatar Star Wars in terms of the the world that it built with Atlantis. Like Wakanda and Black yeah, Panther. Yeah, and so that was a great thing to see that they took full advantage of the weirdness of what Aquaman is, which it's it, it's a, literally a superhero who lives underwater. So that's going to be ridiculous to begin with, and I love, love, love that James Wan did not pull any punches with that. He dove straight into that, like I would dive straight into a podcast, and they, by the way, listeners, we have recently (laughs) discovered, I say dive in almost every other sentence in these podcasts, so it's going to be a thing from now on. just trying to get wet. That's one way to put it, and uh, I'm just, I'm diving in, (laughs) I'm diving into movie news, weekly on this thing so uh why not why not say that all the time um but yeah it it looks great i love james Wan. stuck with the traditional aquaman costume as well the orange and green who would have thought that could have looked as badass as it does on jason momoa of course anything is it's hard to make anything not look badass on jason momoa but it really it really sounds great tim what do you uh, what do you think about this yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. Um, I mean, after the Justice League movie, you know, I was kind of losing hope in anything DC related. So. Again, let's not mention Justice League. Um, well, you know, he was in Justice League, so. Please, no. But anyways, no, I, I think the thing that I'm most excited about is, you know, Aquaman's one of the lesser known characters in DC. Like, people don't have a huge fo- or he doesn't have a huge following. Kind of a joke. Right. So, Basically, they don't have any expectations to follow, so they can do whatever they want. They don't have to please, you know, all the Aquaman. Yeah. So it's like, you know, Superman, Batman, there's an expectation. With Aquaman, there isn't. So they can do whatever they want. I'm pretty excited about that. And, you know, as you said, the the underwater world, the the world building is going to be pretty cool. Um, I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, the trailers got me excited. Um, I think it's going to be a good movie. Yeah, there's seriously some things that people have tweeted out about what happens in the movie. Non-spoilerish things, but apparently an octopus plays the drums. Apparently there's a full-on musical scene. Uh, not singing-wise, but it's just a music scene. Okay, and like The Little Mermaid? It, very much so. Very much so. Could we see an under-the-sea cover in this? Potentially. All I know is that Jason Momoa actually wears clams on his feet and tap dances with them at some point. How does that fit into this movie? 
I don't know, but you know, I'm super excited because it sounds like it's a weird, fun adventure that I, I could not be more excited for. I, Tom Jorgensen here on Twitter, Aquaman is the best DC movie since The Dark Knight. At Creepy Puppet, who is James Wan, that's the director, delivers a swashbuckling epic full of big emotion, gorgeous undersea visuals, exciting action, and lots of laughs. WB should be handling the DCU reins to James Wan. He's proven he can write the ship. That is exciting. Yeah. That is very... and, And it sounds like there's lots of laughs in this, and I'm not a person who enjoys necessarily the heavily comedic bits in some Marvel movies. I feel like it could be kind of heavy-handed here and there. Do but you? I, I do. I, I do. I think they play it off really Very well. Very subtle. Yeah. No, I'm... Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, uh, I, I don't like that sometimes. Sometimes they're trying to be funny in situations that I would have preferred it to be serious, which makes me sound like a huge nerd. Like, You're not taking my comic book seriously. It's like, I don't. I, I, this sounds lame, but I was bummed in like Thor Ragnarok when there was a serious scene there where Hulk was gonna come out of the plane and then he just face plants. Yeah. Now that was funny, but for the whole tone of that scene, it was like that's humor for humor's sake. Right, and it's like oh, we're getting a little too intense here. So I'm not one to like that in comic book movies, but uh, this does seem to have quite a lot of laughs in it, according to some uh, reactions here. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> you were gonna say something yes i'm just i'm still not i don't want to say not sold on jason momoa as aquaman i he's a very interesting choice we've already got one movie with him and i thought the whole like hippie trucker vibe he had was odd and i'm wondering with the whole movie just to himself maybe uh he'll kind of sell it better than justice league did i'm i'm okay with that because you gotta have a character who's different from almost all your other it's it's different than a lot of other superheroes that we've seen i'm okay with that being his character him being this kind of surfer dude superhero that's unique that's a fresh take on something and that's what i would that's actually one of the main reasons i want to see the movie yeah because i'm tired of seeing it looks unique yeah Yeah, it's it seems like there's two types of superheroes that we see and it's uh, the a super smart higher up rich guy of some kind being a hero or a straight laced normal guy being a hero and it's kind of fun to see someone like Aquaman with what he's trying to, what he's trying to do with the character, be that kind of surfer, rocker guy, and be a superhero. I think that looks awesome, and and I've been ecstatic with what he's how he's performed in those trailers. So I'm excited to see exactly what he does in the movie. Another another great reaction here from Jermaine Lucier. Aquaman is big, fun, wild ride. It's unabashedly melodramatic and over the top with the largest, most ambitious sense of scale imaginable. Parts of it are kind of bad. Well, that's a little <laughs> but they, uh, but Only they, kind uh, of bad, though. Hold on. Super we're, only, we're only putting good tweets about this up here. Uh, parts of it are kind of bad, but they are not the majority and, oddly, still fit in with the cartoony tone. Second best DCU movie. Yeah, is what he says there at the end. The world building, again, going back to that, I I don't know if you've seen the trailers much, but there's <laughs> clearly different races, different armor yeah, types yeah, and whatnot, yeah. each each type of people were wearing. 
It's so awesome. I want to explore that. uh, The the giant battle that's presumably in the third act of the movie with uh, the you know the underwater armies. Yeah, Yeah, and all those creatures coming at each other. Because I'm a I'm a creature dude. Yeah, it looks really cool in that department. I just love the fact that they were like, hey, these guys can swim really fast underwater. They don't need mounts. But Jason, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Juan, James Juan was like, nah, they need to be riding sharks and seahorses. And uh, they did that. They're doing that. They're riding, uh, I believe, um, I believe, uh, who plays Green Goblin? Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe's character rides a giant hammerhead shark. Someone in those reactions was saying... Julie Andrews voices a kraken, and I don't know if they were just <laughs> yanking that. some chain with no, that. That's or real. If that's legitimate. Cause... That's real. Breaking news: 2018 movies. Julie Andrews will not be making a cameo, and Mary Poppins but she will be, but, a, but she could be a huge ass kraken in Aquaman. <laughs> could you imagine? What is those like a is scheduling that the music conflict? Scene? Yeah, of sugar. Scene. Could you imagine that? Like, it's a scheduling <laughs> conflict. Why she can't be in Mary a Poppins? Spoonful of sugar oh, helps yeah. the tentacles but, go well, down. Well, why can't you uh, be in uh, the Mary yes. Poppins sequel? I'm going to be filming it as a giant kraken. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I closed my eyes and Mary Poppins was in the room with me. That was impeccable. Oh, God. <laughs> my English accents are almost exclusively pirate English accents. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> All right. uh, I have a scheduling conflict. <laughs> it's just like 17th century pirate. I don't even know what's going on. Anymore. Oh, God. We're going off the rails. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Um, another really great reaction here. Aquaman is everything DC fans have been hoping for and more. Rollicking action. An amazing sense of world building. Did not realize how much I like the word rollicking until just now. Good word. Spellbinding musical numbers in which Aquaman wears clams as tap shoes and command performance from Jason Momoa. Command performance. That's great. Uh, DC is really right of the ship. Pun, maybe? Ocean? The DCU lives. (laughs) (laughs) The DCEU lives. That is... Okay, guys. For for the listeners here, I am a huge DC fanboy. Batman, Superman, Aquaman, Flash, Green Arrow, Green Lantern question the list goes on and on there's hundreds of superheroes that i absolutely love in this universe so you can imagine my disappointment with how it's been handled so far i liked man of steel thought that was a good movie batman vs superman the theatrical cut is dull and boring i do like the directorial cut you should definitely take a look at that one if you're going to watch it that's the best way to watch it set aside half a day because it's long (laughs) as hell but it's much better than the theatrical cut for batman vs superman Wonder Woman, I really loved. I thought that was great. They are clearly getting the right tone and getting the character right. And Justice League, I had fun. I did not think it was good. I had fun, but it wasn't good. And there were some really weird off-putting character moments in that that didn't seem to fit the character, especially with Batman. So I, I was bummed out by that. So needless to say, they're, with me, they're two for two, or two for four, with critics, they're one for four, heading into Aquaman. Are you I, just forgetting or pretending Suicide Squad doesn't Suicide exist? Suicide Squad does not exist. <laughs> I've actually completely uh, wiped that Oscar award-winning Suicide Squad. Uh, oh, Oscar award-winning. I, how could I forget? I uh, still need to see that. No, you don't. 
Suicide Squad's terrible too. So, so hold on, uh, two for three and one for, one for five with critics. So Aquaman is was had a lot writing on it, whether I liked it or not. And it, I'm very very excited to see that these reactions are genuine ones, guys. These are actual critics and not fans who are kind of critics who come out of those theaters really excited. With Justice League, there was positive reaction, and it came out like two days later. And the movie did not perform very well at all in the box office or with critics because the positive reactions were coming from fans and people who just wanted to like it so bad that they couldn't get themselves to say they didn't like it. Something like me after I saw Suicide Squad. <laughs> um, so this is actual critical reaction that is that is definitely streaming at a positive rate that you would have seen with Wonder Woman. So very encouraging stuff with Aquaman. Very excited about that. And uh, that's coming out, I believe, December 19th. That's going to be out in theater. So definitely check that one out. Now, on the theme of early reactions, today, reactions and reviews hit the web. Hey, what's up? I'm Spider-Man. For another superhero movie. Oh, shoot! Oh, didn't even mean that. I own my puns. I own them. I do not apologize for them. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, sitting at 100%. Rotten Tomatoes right now, and if you go on Twitter and see reactions as well as reviews from critics, there is going to be very little, if any, negative negative reviews of this thing. I am excited about this. When the first trailer came out, I thought the animation, the art style was gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. That scene of Spider-Man falling into the city. I love the decision to have him wearing Nike... uh, Jordan ones for in the superhero suit. Everything about this looks exciting. I, I kind of I I knew Sony was planning on an animated Spider-Man movie. Like I think a year or two ago, news of this started surfacing. Um, and I kind of slept on it because the Amazing Spider-Man movies were so bad. I didn't really care what Sony was doing. Um, until the first trailer for this came out, and then I saw the cast list. The trailer really caught me off guard and. Like you said with the animation, um, it's really interesting. I don't think I've seen another animated movie that looks quite like this. Mm-hmm. It's kind of got like a a herky jerky sort of, or like like a, a like a flip book, like like a, like a comic book in yeah. motion, and that's very cool. Um, and then the cast list: it's got John Krasinski, uh, Jake Johnson, Nicolas Cage, John Mulaney, are all supplying voices in it. John Mulaney playing Spider-Pig. Right. Peter Porker. Uh, Peter Porker. And that's, that's Nick correct. Cage doing noir it's, Spider-Man. It sounds like a dirty name. And it's Nick, Nick Cage, yes. I was excited to see him cast that. Yeah. And it's Lord and Miller, or Phil Lord and Chris Miller, I think. The director duo who did the Lego movie. And, um, yes. And then uh, we're on The Flash originally, booted off the... F- and the same with left, Solo. Left The Flash. Well, they left The Flash to go do Solo. And, and then got, got kicked off, off of Solo. Yeah. But I don't... That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. I'm still very interested in them as directors, and I like the Lego movie a lot, and this looks good. Yeah, there's no reason to be off-put by Chris Miller and Phil Lord, uh, or is it Chris Lord and Phil Miller? Those guys. They, yeah, don't be put off by them. Kathleen Kennedy at Star Wars is fired and rehired and brought in new directors constantly on their films. If something doesn't go exactly the way they're wanting it, it's within the rights to can them, and that's exactly what's going on. Chris Miller and Phil Lord had a vision for Solo, and that's why they got booted. So I'm excited for them on this. Creative differences. 
creative differences. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. that could be it. <laughs> that could be it. Tim. Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty excited for uh, the Spider Man movie. <clears throat> like Tanner, I wasn't too excited when I saw that it was going to be released. Um, but after I saw the first trailer, uh, I was I was pretty pretty pumped. <clears throat> oh man, I've got something in my throat. <laughs> it's all right. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, it, it's it looks really good. I like how they're going to um, incorporate all the different Spider Mans that you know are in the different Spider Man universes. So. Um, I think it's going to be a good, you know, funny, good action movie. And the the way they made the animations, it looks phenomenal where, you know, it, it does look like it's a comic book. Um, I'm, I'm pretty pumped for that. Yeah, I I tend to agree. It looks great. I love the I love the way the the animation was done, and it kind of almost looks cell shaded in a, in a form yeah. as well, which is very comic booky. Let's read a couple tweets, uh, reactions here. Um, bottom line, Spider-Man 2 is a masterpiece about Peter Parker and Spider-Man, but Spider-Man Homecoming is a favorite MCU film that redefines the character in a new context. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a masterclass in Spider-Manning. So he's kind of talking about the two other greatest Spider-Man films, in his opinion, and how Spider-Man Homecoming kind of almost brings those together to make this amazing, masterful Spider-Man movie. You mean Into the Spider-Verse? What did I say? Homecoming. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And then uh, Molly Freeman. I could finally talk about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, and boy, does it live up to the hype. It's got heart. It's got humor and seriously mind-blowing animation, but it's all in service of Miles' story, easily one of the best superhero movies ever. Full review coming on screen, oh. man. That's what another thing. People were saying it's a, a just a straight-up great superhero movie and that's where people were i feel like we're not getting as hyped up about it just because it's animation people wanted to say oh it's not like an actual superhero movie it's turning a lot of people off i've tried talking to friends and family and like they they won't even watch the trailer i just say animated spider-man movie and they're like eh they feel like it's a kid's movie yeah the bat and it's not i mean it's gonna be great for kids to see but it's animation it's not exclusively for kids right well you know how they have those like little avengers cartoon movies that don't really apply to the Marvel Universe, but it's kind of more for yeah. the kids and whatnot. Right. That's what I originally thought this was going to be. But once I saw the trailer, I was like, hey, you know what? This, this is actually going to be good. That kind of plagued the Lego movie as well. A lot of people saw when the Lego movie's coming out, they like deferred to those terrible direct-to-DVD Lego movies that had nothing. To, they were just movies based off of the Lego toys. Mm-hmm. So when the Lego movie came out, a lot of people were turned off by it. That's not going to work. That's how. That's stupid. And Lego Movie went on to be a raving success. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, not certified fresh yet, but it is sitting at an average of 8.8 out of 10 with 37 reviews counted so far. That's fantastic. And I'm just, I'm glad for Sony on this one because they they uh, really needed a home run with their Spider-Man properties. And I'm glad they finally maybe found the right way to go, the right course of action and maybe going animated. Um, that, that, that's a good win for them. And I'm not one who hates Sony. A lot of Marvel fanboys really want to hate on Sony because they own the rights of Spider-Man and aren't wanting to give it back to Marvel and like, just give it back to Marvel and whatnot. I, I can't stand that because Marvel was going out of business. They were actually on the verge of bankruptcy. And the reason they're, 
were able to stay afloat is they sold their comic book properties away to studios to make movies. Sony is one of the main reasons Marvel even exists to this day, and it's annoying that people don't want Sony's Spider-Man movies to do good. They almost root for them to fail, and that's why I'm excited for them to hit this home run here with the Spider-Man property. Well, I mean, part of that's because the Amazing Spider-Man movies were not well-received, and did you catch with the whole Sony email leaks that came around um, a couple years ago? I would have loved about, an Aunt May movie. Damn it. Did you? Right. Yeah. The <laughs> Aunt May movie or like a Craven the Hunter movie. Like there's I word on the street is they're still trying to push a solo Craven the Hunter movie. Why do you and problem with Venom in my mind? Why are you trying to make Spider-Man movies without Spider-Man? doesn't make sense i I thought venom was good though i and well yeah and that's actually we're gonna dive into that topic next as well but But yeah yeah, i i understand why people are are uh, we're disappointed with amazing spider-man however hot take i actually enjoyed this amazing spider-man movies and the main reason i enjoyed them was i thought i thought andrew garfield and emma stone's uh, relationship was absolutely fantastic and authentic and that might be because they were actually dating in real life that would make sense but I was very very excited I'm not very excited I was just I was happy with that performance and that was a reason for me to keep coming back there was genuine chemistry there um, and I didn't necessarily hate the storyline definitely watching Amazing Spider-Man 2 you can see where the hiccups were but I enjoyed Amazing Spider-Man 1 for what it was. I did think they took a little bit of weird turns with like Peter Parker's parents being like super spies and stuff. But That's from the comics. The problem is is that oh, it was wasn't it? good in the comics either. Oh. No one cares about Peter's parents. It's, really it's inessential. It's all about Uncle Ben. Right. It's all about Uncle Ben. Baby. Transferring from our Spider-Man reactions here because it sounds like we're we're excited about Aquaman, we're excited about Spider-Man. I'm very excited that both of these have gotten great reactions and reviews so far. Aquaman reviews haven't started hitting, but the reactions are definitely looking like it's going to be positive. It's a good year for Spider-Man fans. It truly is. It truly is. But the craziest thing about these the Sony movies to me right now more crazy than these great reactions into the Spider-Verse is getting is the fact that Venom has passed Wonder Woman at the box office. How in the hell did this happen? I am not, I'm not sure. That alone to me should show how much value Venom actually has as a character. That should be big money signs for DC with their Joker movie, because Joker is 95 times the villain Venom is. But that was shocking to me. Venom passing Wonder Woman. I mean, first of all, they have a, a bigger named lead actor, um, I would say, with Tom Hardy. So that's going to draw some people. Um, right. Now, when, when, uh, maybe, well, yeah, when Wonder Woman I, first say, came out, when Wonder Woman first right. came out, Gal Gadot is not the actor, or not on the level as Tom Hardy. Gal Gadot is arguably a bigger star than Tom Hardy is nowadays, but, uh, or uh, at least on his level. Maybe. But, anyways, I, I think also. I also think Venom is, it's an interesting character because it's an interesting take. I'm trying to think of another movie where they focused on villains. Um, Suicide Squad. Besides Suicide Squad. Uh, it's a terrible movie. I just, I, I thought it was a very interesting take. I, the critics, they didn't like it as much. I thought it was a very good movie, though. Um, I liked it a lot. The, you know this. The, the comedy was good. Um, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, there there are some downfalls, but I thought overall it was, it was a good movie that you know you enjoy watching. You can rewatch it. And many I'm ha- times. I'm actually very happy for Venom. Yeah, we saw this movie together, Tim, and I laughed out loud in that theater multiple times. I actually thought it was a funny movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't think the story was bad by any any means. I mean, maybe rushed here and there. But critics were out making this thing like it was the worst movie of the year, Catwoman level of bad, and that <clears throat> that was could not have been further from the truth. Venom is a thoroughly, at the very least, entertaining movie. Is it a movie you want to watch multiple times? I'll leave that up to you. Is it a movie you'll enjoy at least watching once? I would have to say yes. I really liked it. I'm going to buy the movie. I'm going to watch it multiple times. I love the dynamic between Venom and Tom Hardy. I'm excited for this. This is a big win for them as well, for Sony. Even though it didn't hit well with the critics, the fans have responded. It has a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. It's got a positive rating on critic uh, on fan usage on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I'm I'm very happy for this. I want to see more Venom movies, honestly. I want to see more of this universe with Tom Hardy and Venom because I, I really had that much fun with it. At some point, you got to have Spider-Man. You do. That's no. There's no doubt. You have oh, to. Right, but right. I thought for a one-off villain movie that it crushed it for me. I, I have one question, though, to go back to Wonder Woman real quick. So I know you own it. How many times have you seen it since you've bought it? I've probably watched it like three or four times. Is to me, Wonder Woman's one of those movies. Yeah, it was great. I watched it the first time, but I don't really care to watch it any more times after that. I bought it last year's uh, Black Friday for six bucks. I uh, have not watched it since buying it on Blu-ray. <laughs> well, um, that goes for a lot of my Blu-ray yeah. Black Friday purchases. If, uh, but I um really enjoyed the movie overall. I yeah. do think the third act kind of at the bed a little bit which, with venom with wonder woman oh, i yeah. haven't seen venom oh yeah yeah i mean i can see that too i thought wonder woman was good i did and i enjoyed it i thought it was i mean i bought it and i've watched it several times since could there have been i mean honestly if we're looking at the Rotten tomato score could it have been a little bit of a kumbaya moment with yeah with a lot of the social cues and what going on around it, it potentially, but I still, I still enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid story. Yeah. The third act definitely kind of falls on its face a little bit. There's some really good redeeming character moments in that though, with, with Chris Pine's character and one woman kind of coming into her own as a hero that rescued that for me. But I do understand. I do understand where you're coming from, but it, all that aside, I never, ever, ever, ever in a million years would have said Venom is going to pass one woman at the box office. Well, it looks like you have the worldwide audience to thank for that. China um, pushed it. Wonder Woman was almost double Venom's domestic gross, but that makes the, sense. it was the, the foreign market. Um, it's because it's just a big monster movie basically big monster movie yeah yep. and so that e- i don't think venom's success overseas has anything to do with the venom character i think it's by virtue of just being a big monster action movie that could be very true we all know who venom is yeah but he's not like a main i mean he kind of is 
it's you'll see people walking around with Venom t-shirts every now and then. I, I, but he's not on the level of like the Joker right. or Well, I think Venom is <clears throat> When it comes to stereotypical villains, where it's the villain is the exact opposite of the main hero, Venom is number one out of all of them. And that's like a very popular character trait to have is like, let's have our superhero's main villain be the same thing with opposite colors. Yeah. And that's why I think Venom's so popular is because I feel like they got that right out of various other iterations of that type of character. Um, So, I uh, yeah. And... I like Venom enough as a character that I desperately wanted to see him in a movie. Super let down when I was in seventh grade when Spider-Man 3 came out. And oh, that... Topher Grace did a fantastic <laughs> what a performance. Job. It seems like this movie's like almost a decade too late. Like this should have come out on the heels of Spider-Man Three. Yeah, that, but <laughs> that's but the I don't know if the technology was in place at that time to really deliver this the CGI necessary for this movie. But you know, I'm I'm okay with this film. I am. I liked it. Does it have the legs as its own character to carry a entire franchise void of Spider-Man? No, no, no. it does not. It does not. And I'm at some point, to see what they do in the next one with. Uh, well, with Carnage, I don't want to spoil Woody, anything. Woody Harrelson in that thing? Yeah. Oh, dude, have you seen the I've, picture of him? No, I've heard about it. <laughs> He's wearing this ridiculous red wig. This is the most absurd wig I think I've ever seen. It's yeah. the most absurd wig I've seen since The Hunger Games. I heard it's a live action of the Raggedy Andal. That could be <laughs> it. It could be it. It could be it. But to be honest, if you look at the comics, it's exactly... The the hair they slapped on Woody Woody Harrelson looks exactly like Cletus Cassidy's who's Carnage. It looks exactly like it, exact same hue, exact same styling. So I'll give him credit for being daring enough to put that thing on Woody's head. But yeah, now with Venom, we got <laughs> um, we got a, a good villainous movie here, but. I want to move on to something else now. Okay. And what we're going to move on to is a Netflix exclusive. A Netflix exclusive, Ooh. guys. And you can't go wrong with a Netflix on, let me, exclusive. Let me, let me tell you. This Netflix exclusive directed by... Anyone? Anyone guesses? Andy Serkis. Oh. Yes. Oh. Andy Serkis. Golem. Golem. Snoke. Snoke. Snokey himself. R.I.P. Caesar. From Planet of the Apes, he, he Andy Circus, the motion capture king, king of them all. The guy commits. He is bringing his brainchild, is the story he's always wanted to tell. That movie being Mowgli, and he's bringing it to Netflix. Now, this was originally going to launch in theaters, but due to the Due to the studio being nervous, because this was originally titled, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Jungle Book, <laughs> and they had to rename it Mowgli because they were they were scared that Jungle Book was riding too far on the too close on the heels of the last Jungle Book movie directed by John Favreau in 2015. So they renamed it Mowgli, and I think they were terrified by putting out a movie named Mowgli, and they decided to abandon it, gave it to Netflix, and. Netflix has it now, but I'm still enthusiastic about this movie because Andy Serkis, being the motion capture king, 
this is what he's always wanted to do. He wanted to do this movie his entire life, and he wanted to have the actual animals be, you know, face tracked and acted out via motion capture. Whereas in Jungle Book, it was just CGI characters with the voices over them. You're going to see some animals here with maybe oddly humanistic character characteristics in their face. But that's what he wanted, and that's why I'm excited. I, I will. I like Andy Serkis enough to give this a shot. I mean, I'll give it a shot. I, I looked at the cast, and I, I really like all the different actors cast. that they've included. Christian Bale, um, Benedict Cumberbatch, Kate Blanchett. Ooh. Um, Tom and Andy Holland. Er. But, you no, know, I mean, overall, it, it, they, have a, they have a great cast. I, I'm pretty excited about that. And the trailer. Tom Hollander. Nice. But, uh. Oh, where was I? Uh, the the trailer just looks really good. I, I think it's kind of an in, interesting perspective because it's not the Disney story. It looks darker. It's supposed exactly. to be more faithful to the book, which I think is a little more unforgiving, bleak. Yeah. But no, I, I'm I'm really excited for it. However, I pulled up the Rotten Tomatoes score yeah. and noticed that it's at a whopping forty percent. How many how many votes do we? How many? Uh, only, only at ten so far. Oh, no, that's okay. So you know, six out of six hope. out of ten didn't so, like it. Four fresh, six rotten. I like those. Could go either way. That's still going. Yeah, that's um, still that's still. Want to highlight my favorite blurb I've seen on here so far? Someone said it's basically saw for kids. <laughs> Holy God, <laughs> Mowgli! There's a key behind oh, your eye. Oh my God! Um, well, I I think Disney did Andy Circus real dirty on this. It's no wonder it's coming to Netflix because if this movie got a theatrical release, it would have bombed so so hard. hard. Yeah, I thought the live action Jungle Book was fantastic. Um, I love through that. no yeah, like probably through no fault of the movie's own quality, although things aren't necessarily looking promising at the moment. But I I was talking to my folks my family at thanksgiving about uh this trailer and everyone was like disney they just made one what yeah it's like no it's they were being developed at the same time disney just beat them to the punch <laughs> the ga man the general audience yeah, this is gonna this is gonna oh no yeah no one's gonna get it it's just no gonna, gonna look gonna like it. a crappy knockoff netflix movie when yeah. you're scrolling through because people don't follow this kind of stuff no um the general audience but yeah they're like uh, oh look at this new uh jungle book movie coming out is this a sequel to the original jungle book no 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 this is the andy circus version which was originally under the uh <laughs> which was originally under wb wb then sold the rights to netflix and netflix didn't like the name of jungle book because they thought it might be writing too far on the heels of the original jungle book that came out in 2014 which was a cgi remake by john favreau and this is going to be called Mowgli now and it's going to be a darker take no one's going to understand that they're going to be like right away they're like nope don't care yeah <laughs> this is too much uh it's actually Mowgli legend of the jungle is the full title oh hell yeah, so got a nice subtitle. Oh, no. <laughs> Children's movies with subtitles, that's always uh, the fact that a that, good sign. The fact that that person said this is like Saw for kids terrifies me yeah. because, I don't know. It, I'm intrigued. With the, well, with the original Jungle Book? Honestly, yeah. The I want to know what That kind of sold now. me on it. Yeah. <laughs> it it would have sold me on it, but uh, the scene where is it's Bagheera is the tiger, right? Where he throws that wolf dad off the cliff? Uh, Shere Khan. Shere Khan. Yeah. yeah, that traumatized me as a 22-year-old man when that came out. I was like, oh, God. Well, it's going to traumatize you again. Yeah, I think someone's going to get eaten by the snake. Who's playing the snake? 
Kate Blanchett. Yep. Ooh, that's a good choice. The voice cast is great on this, guys. Christian Bale, Benedict Cumberbatch, Kate Blanchett, Andy Serkis, Naomi Harris. Uh, that's a great cast, man. Good cast. That's a good cast. I like that cast. <laughs> it's a solid cast. Who's playing Mowgli, though? Rohan Chand. Now, Rohan was in uh, another movie. He was in that Jumanji movie Lord for of a the second. Rings. Oh, that's how I know him. He's from 100 Foot Journey. He plays a young Mowgli in 100 Foot Journey. That's how I recognize him. I recognize him from Jack and Jill. <laughs> Please, no. Oh, no. He's he's the main character in Bad Words. Oh, I love that movie. Do you ever see Bad movie. Words? No. It's That's directed... the Spelling Bee movie? Yes. Yep. Dude, it's actually really funny. It's very funny. Jason Bateman in that? Yep. Okay. He directs it as well. Gotcha. I believe he directs it. Yes, he, he does. does. Yep. It was very funny. And he was the uh, yeah, he was the kid in that. And that's how I, I knew mm-hmm. I recognized him from something. You guys should see Bad Words if you haven't, audience. It's a very good comedy. I, I loved that movie. Um, so Mowgli, it seems to be following the trait of most Netflix movies, where if you go on Netflix, you are pretty much going to be garbage. Garbage as my Bostonians would say. And uh, that makes me a little nervous. I'm still going to watch it. That's still a big-name movie oh, coming sure. to Netflix, and that's still really cool that you can just stream that from from your couch. But it does make me nervous, though, with a big-name movie like this that was probably a lot of money to make. Are we on the verge of theaters struggling to get by because studios have so much money that they could be making. Imagine Avengers 4 coming out and you being able to see it in theaters, but immediately that night as well, if you wanted to, you could have the entire family over and rent the movie for 40 bucks, watch it at home, have a whole party around the Avengers 4 and be able to watch it at home. This kind of scares me with like the, with the stuff kind of landing in Netflix. Are we headed in this direction where studios are going to realize the amount of money they can make if they just sold it to people at home? I yeah I, I mean that's been no. kind of a question for a couple of years now since the proliferation of streaming um in home theater setups are getting more affordable and big quotation marks around affordable cuz it's still insanely expensive but the theater experience in my opinion maybe I'm just getting older and more grumpy but I hate going to the theaters. I want to see movies in theaters, but I hate being in a theater with other people. You're not getting older or more grumpy. That is how... how Well, there's a certain threshold. When you are the age of 1 through... I'll cap it at 19. You are just going to the movies. You can care less about really what's going on. You're just there with your buddies having a good time. And this is the thing. When you're 1 in ni- through 19 and you're at the movies having a good time, 99% of the time you are annoying the hell out of someone else in that theater if you're there with your friends. It's To me it seems like it's more like middle-aged men Those are the older, ones that are on their phones. Are, yeah. yeah, I've never seen a, a teenager busting out his phone. I mean, I'm sure I've seen it, but I'm telling you like 9 out of 10 times it's some 50-year-old dude checking his email in the middle of a movie. It, I have very, I am a very patient person, <laughs> and I genuinely try to be a very, very, very nice person. I, I believe people see me that way, but I turn into a grumpy ass at a movie theater when someone is not allowing me to enjoy my movie, and that, because one, it's 
It's super expensive to go there, especially if you're bringing someone else with you and you want to have some snacks or whatever. You're looking at like you're staring down the barrel of like forty dollars for for an outing here. And when you get there and there's people in the back laughing, making noise at stuff that has nothing to do with the movie, or they're on their phone, or they're going up and down the stairs constantly, running up and down, trying to think they're funny or something like that, I, I break. I break real quick. I'll break in the previews. I'll break in the previews oh, if yeah. you're being raucous in the previews. I'm like, hey, can you all just keep it down over there? This is ridiculous. Part of the movie. Yeah. Yep. It's, and, and it's, it's been happening more often than not. I was at Only the Brave. AKA, I sobbed my eyes out at oh, this movie. Yeah. And this lady in front of me kept getting on her phone during serious scenes. And I eventually had to lean forward. I was like, Miss, I'm trying to watch this movie. I cannot concentrate with your phone blaring right there. And to be fair, it was almost 100% empty theater. Could I have moved seats to get out of her line of sight? Yes. But on principle, well, of course. On principle, I had to tell her to get off her phone. I am not moving my seat because you can't get off your phone. You can move your seat to a place where people won't see you on your phone if you want to be on your phone. Don't sit where the general populace is sitting and getting on your phone thinking it's not going to bother anyone. It does. It does. It's a flashlight. I do think um, the problem with Disney and theaters is that they now own so much of entertainment with Lucasfilm, Marvel Studios in their own movies. They're starting to cannibalize their own box office. So the big deal with Solo getting moved to March instead of keeping that December release is because Bob Iger did not want it competing with Mary Poppins. That's not good <laughs> if, if if you have so many movies coming out together that not to mention they now own avatar that as well you're now trying to decide all right which movie are are we trying are we just going to sacrifice because the general audience isn't going to go see like three movies a month that's that's true and that's right and it could be for the greater good though this is where i think movie pass did well people went to more movies and movie theaters were selling a lot more tickets, making a lot more money, and we're selling a lot more concessions because people could just use their movie pass and go buy a concession or whatnot. Oh, yeah. Movie passes were making theaters money hand over foot. Now that that's kind of died off and the movie pass hype has truly died, theaters are looking for a way to get those people back in seats. And Disney, if if there's one positive thing about them owning all that entertainment if they really want to keep sticking with the theater model, which they can still make a ton of money doing that, they're going to have to work with theaters to come up with an option to let people be able to go back and see multiple movies a month if they want to do at an affordable rate. That's what I love about AMC's Gold Pass. I won't be surprised at all if they do a family pass eventually for people under a certain age with two adults. $40 a month, and you can come see two movies a week if you wanted to, or four movies a month. Because, you know, kids, people with kids are not going to be going to see multiple movies. But if they could see like two or three movies a month with their kids at $40 a month and then get discounted concessions, that's going to be a load of money. So Disney and them really have the uh, big companies, big movie companies and theaters really have to work together because theaters are great to me. I love them. I love going to my the Cinemark off a uh, off a of high 35 there because no one's ever in there yeah. on weekdays. It's essentially my own private theater. 
And I love movie theaters for that. So I hope, I mean, I hope they never, ever, ever die off. But you do get scared. You do have to get a little scared and wonder, okay, when's Disney going to be like, let's let's test uh, Avengers 4 with a giant, at, well, not going to do it with Avengers 4, but you could see maybe a future Star Wars release coming to Disney's streaming service. I mean, they're making the TV shows for Loki and uh, who's the other one? Scarlet Witch. They're doing Scarlet, Scarlet Witch, Witch, Loki, yeah. and they're doing a... a Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I... Uh, yeah, that's right. Yep. Then, yep. Um, there was some interesting things. I haven't heard any more news on this front, but there's some kind of law or regulation in effect, or at least in practice, um, that movie studios cannot own movie theater chains. Um, but there was some kind of murmurings like Disney might be starting looking into lobbying against that, which on the one hand, it's kind of a neat thought like that there's just a Disney theater where kids can go see like the old classic Disney movies yeah. getting played at like, you know, year round, something like that. It's but it's also idea. scary because Disney owns so much and they could shut out, you know, competition through right. just buying up It'd really movie monopolize theaters. Yeah, the industry. exactly. Which would be bad for us. Well, we're going to see what happens with that. I, I I, think there's a way where there can be a solid middle ground where theaters can be successful and there will be at-home releases for various different methods. I think that's going to be what Disney's streaming service will be about to kind of hit the home viewer without having them to spend so much money. So we'll see exactly what happens there with, with Disney Now or Disney Plus. I can't remember what, they, what they're calling their streaming service, but I think we're going to see a lot of, um, because there's a couple Disney live-action movies going straight to that service as well that could have done you know really well in theaters. Speaking of Disney movies, though, I was very excited about the Lion King trailer that premiered last week. Caught me totally off guard. This is the first trailer in a while that I did not know was coming right then and there. So it was a genuine reaction from me, which was, I I was so ecstatic about it. I love the Lion King. It's probably my favorite Disney movie. And I don't even care if this thing's a shot for shot remake. It looks gorgeous. It looks just brilliant with the landscapes he shot, which he actually shot in Africa. People don't realize this. A lot of those shots are going to be completely filmed real-life areas in Africa with CGI characters placed in them. And the voice acting, the the voice acting, uh, the cast. Also a great cast. Looks yeah, like a great cast. Very good cast. Yep. And I was perfectly fine with the Lion King's original cast. Jeremy Irons, is Scar, yep. and I'm glad they brought back James Earl Jones, and there was various different, various different actors there that I loved their voices, but I think that's a reason enough to go see it. It's essentially Lion King in 4K graphic, like a very updated version with a new voice cast to kind of make it worth your while to go see it again. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about it. What did you guys think of that trailer? I was really excited about it. I I have. Not much of a reaction to it, honestly. Um, not a good or bad impression, just it didn't really do anything for me. Um, I feel like, you know, Disney's doing live-action remakes of all their classic animated movies. Of all of them, this one seems the most pointless because they're just they're still animated. They're just realistic CGI animals instead I- of 
obviously it's not real people because they're animal characters. I think that's um, the obstacle they have to overcome. Right. So I, <laughs> yeah. I don't quite get the motive. I mean, the motives to make money, but <laughs> of course, I don't. I don't see the, the line Uncle Bob's pockets. I don't see the artistic merit in this, but um, I'll see it eventually. I might not go see it in theaters. But... I trust John Favreau enough as a as a director. Oh, I oh, forgot. Yeah. And he as a creator, director, yeah. to to know that he's going to come up with a reason for you to want to see this movie outside of yeah. it just being a shot for shot remake. So I'm excited for that. I think he probably came. I I don't imagine John Favreau would have touched this uh, if he didn't think there was a really good artistic new artistic take he could do on it without changing up too much of that classic art r rating exactly exactly there's did he make the jungle book too yeah he did that's the reason he probably got cast i mean got put right away on lion king and now he's doing the mandalorian which looks great too so that's the lion king trailer i was very very excited about that i can't wait to see more of it and i'm excited for that to hit theaters in 2019 and in 2019, it's going to be. This is a Disney cast today, by the yeah. way. And in 2019, Let's hope we don't get sued. Yeah, yeah. In 2019, um, Disney is going to have a huge year, a huge, huge year, and it's full of different movies that they'll be releasing. Here is just a small list: Star Wars Episode Nine, Toy Story Four, Lion King, Dumbo, Aladdin. Avengers 4, Artemis Fowl, and Frozen 2, plus a few others, all scheduled for 2019. This is nuts. This is nuts. Star Wars, I'm excited about it. Uh, it's hard not to be. It's rounding out, the, it's rounding out the, the, the series here. Toy Story 4, I don't know where they could have gone because I think Toy Story 3 was a perfect ending. Seemed pretty conclusive to me. So I don't it's know. It's the Andy saga. They keep, yeah, they keep uh, in the some of the posters. They're making it look like Woody is riding off into the sunset. At least with the latest poster that just launched, they just dropped a leather poster, and it's Woody tipping his hat, and the sunset's going on, almost as to say he's riding off into the sunset. They're killing off Woody. That's kind of what the yeah. third one was, though. Yeah. yeah, but not with just Woody though. Just with the but whole the whole gang. Yeah, yeah. I was. That's the thing is that guys. I was happy with what happened at the end of Toy Story three. It was sad. Yeah, but it was I perfect. Was, it was perfect. It was a good ending. Why, we're moving on to a different kid. Why bring more sadness bring into happy. my life? It's just the the scene where they're all together in the dump and they're slowly moving oh. towards the inferno and they just all quietly hold <laughs> each other's hands as a cynical. Idiot high school kid. It almost brought me to tears. Someone, the by the way, someone told me at work that he, <laughs> this guy, he, he uh, his kids hadn't seen Toy Story three, and he edited the movie to end as they were moving towards the lava, as they were moving towards the molten fire, and he cut it right there, and he started playing the credits, and the kids started <laughs> sobbing. I mean. He just killed off the all movie, the boys. The movie sold it so well. I was completely convinced that I was about to witness all of them get destroyed. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Oh, I, man. It was, it was, I remember looking around. We saw that th- in the, with a huge group in high mm. school. And I remember looking around, and there is people legitimately crying. Yeah. I, one of our good buddies, I Drew, up. was tearing up. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, Danny was definitely crying. Oh. It was, it was an emotional moment. It was, it was no Christopher Robin, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> was, Dying to bring that up. <laughs> you have been. I, I need to talk about I'm sorry. Robin. I know this wasn't on the template, but it's, I I watched it last weekend. And <laughs> you were really, you're, you're going forward with it. 
I'll, I'll stop there, but that is a this phenomenal is movie. It's I, I love that movie so much. <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay. Then now we have uh, Avengers 4 coming as well. That's going to be huge. It's going to be a gigantic conclusion. I think we're actually going to get some real deaths in this thing. I'm not entirely convinced some of the characters are like the characters that actually died. I'm not entirely convinced that they're actually dead, like Loki and Gamora. Obviously, the people who got turned into dust are obviously well, coming back. I wasn't emotional at that part as well. Some people were really no. freaking out about I, it. I was like, they're clearly. Yeah, I knew they were back. coming back. But These characters have announced sequels. Right. I was not emotionally equipped to handle um, Tom Holland that pleading was, for his life. That was well. That was <laughs> man. I was like. Holy shit! I'm watching a high school like, kid. Thanos, please yeah. no, take me instead. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave him yeah. alone. He was really <laughs> selling it, man. He's like, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to yeah, go. No. And I'm like, oh god, <laughs> this is getting more reaction out of me than I expected. So I, I'm gonna kind of drift off a little bit. So far Damn from it, home, we're done with Christopher Robin. I'm not bringing that up again. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll mention that in another podcast. But so far from home, that's coming after Avengers Four, right? Correct. So rumors are it's supposed to bring up Miles Morales is Spider-Man. I think it's I'd, too early for Miles what? in the MCU. Now, now, what if instead of bringing back Tom Holland, it's a prequel to Avengers 4 where you have the other Spider-Man take over people, as Miles Morales? People have said that, that like it might actually take place before Infinity War. Um it, that may, I don't know if that's what you were saying. I suppose it could. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, no, it's, it's Spider-Man's coming back. He like, can't, it can't take place. Yeah, he's definitely coming Black back. Black Panther's coming back. They're not going to kill off Black Panther after right. that Maybe, movie. Right. Maybe did. Michael B. Jordan comes back. Because he said that he wants to be in the next Black Panther. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know how that. I mean, I mean it's I a comic know. book movie. No one's ever really dead. They really aren't. They really aren't. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know really what that what could happen there. I doubt it's. it's I highly doubt it's a prequel because he's already been seen on set in different Spider-Man suits, and in the opening of Avengers, he's wearing his OG Spider-Man and, suit. Right, right. Depending on how Into the Spider-Verse goes over uh, commercially, not sure Sony's going to be too keen on sharing Miles Morales with Disney. No, no. Um, well, on top of that, good. I like the character. I I think it's too early for him to be in the MCU because Tom Holland's Peter Parker, he's still in high school. Like he's still, we need to get adult Peter Parker and then introduce Miles and go from there. That's fine. Yeah. And the thing that's kind of interesting to me is Spider-Man Homecoming is the last movie that Tom Hall, that Marvel has the rights, the, half the rights of Spider-Man for. Far from home. Far from home. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I keep saying homecoming. Yes. Far From Home is the last movie that they have the Spider-Man rights, and then it goes straight back to Sony 100%. So unless Sony works with Marvel to keep Spider-Man in that universe, Tom Holland is now Tom Holland's Spider-Man character is now officially Sony's, and he could, they may recast, they may keep him. You just don't know. Sony would be so dumb not to continue working with Marvel, yeah. but the thing is that Sony Pictures is so dumb that yeah. I can see them doing it's true. this. It's annoying, though, because I feel like uh, Amy Pascal, who's the, the head there at Sony uh, Film, 
they it sounded like they were really interested in having Venom be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, and, yeah, Kevin and Kevin Feige was like, no, no not happening. <laughs> and for me, like from the from the person in me who like wants everything to be fair, I'm like, how is that fair? They're letting you use the most popular character in Marvel history that they own. You can use him, but they're like. Keep keep venom away from us. You don't get a use. What agreement did you make that like, hey, you can use half our character, but also you gonna make all the decisions on what happens with him? That was a I didn't I thought that was kind of lame of them, but no. I well, here's what I think. I don't think Venom has to interact with anyone in the MCU other than Tom Holland. Keep it contained in New York. Keep it all in New York. Tom Holland owns Tom Holland Spider Man owns that area. He interacts with his own characters. Tom Holland Spider-Man could have been in Venom and interacted with those guys in some way or even make a cameo, and that's it. He does not have to be seeing Tony Stark or anything other than that. That does not have to happen. But So yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home coming in 2019 as well. Artemis Fowl, a popular children's book series, is coming to theaters as well. And I have no idea what Artemis Fowl is. I don't either. Yeah, neither do I. Moving on. Frozen 2. <laughs> Frozen 2 is apparently coming out in 2019. That one I'd be extremely surprised if it does not get pushed. It is coming out apparently late 2019, November 27th. do it around Christmas time. That, that's what they did with the last one. Well, and we also have Star Wars coming out. I, I, I don't know if they've actually set a release date for Episode 9. Maybe they're doing a spring one. Maybe I believe it's they, a May date now. It actually is May. I believe they did it's set so it so far away from it. I know. I know. They set they set a May re- or no. No, they didn't. They made it December. It's a December release date. So we're a year yeah. away. We're a year away from Star Wars Episode Nine. Tell you what, The Last Jedi made me really excited for this one. Please stop. You already <laughs> no, talked about you, you we're gonna talk about this. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna talk we're gonna finish this. We're gonna finish this. And Aladdin, I saw that trailer there. I'm excited to see Will Will Smith as the genie. I love, everyone knows, Robin Williams can never be replaced. We know this. But I'm excited to see Will Will, uh, Will Smith because he has that bombastic thing that he does, that shtick he can sure. do. So I think he can, he think he could nail the genie for sure. But I'm, I'm excited for that one in 2019 as well, as long as, as, as well as Dumbo too. But. Um... <laughs> No thoughts on Aladdin. I, well, no, I again these live action remakes of the classics. Not that I have a special love for any of the animated Disney movies, but I just don't see the point. Um, Beauty and the Beast, I don't think, really made a good argument for itself. I never saw Cinderella, but I don't think anyone did. Um, Dumbo, though, Tim Burton, and whether or not you like all of Tim Burton's movies, at least got a very unique flair. So it's it's going to yeah. be an interesting movie on some level. I would say for like me, growing up, I watched most of the Disney movies, but I don't really remember most of them. Like, I remember watching Aladdin, but I don't remember everything that happens in it. Yeah. So, like, I'm excited for Aladdin because it's going to reintroduce me to the story. Um you know, I get a, an updated version, live action. Cause that's, that's what happened with the Jungle Book. I remember watching the Jungle Book, but I didn't really remember exactly what happened. Well, I think it. that goes for a lot of people with the Disney animated movies, and I think that's kind of what makes these right. fun, is everyone has their select ones they're excited for. For instance, I am excited for Mulan, I'm excited for Aladdin, I'm excited I'm for excited Lion for King. Those were three movies that I watched religiously, and I, I was excited for Beauty and the Beast, because I watched that those four religiously as a kid. 
didn't care about Cinderella because I didn't really like Cinderella as a kid. Didn't care. I don't haven't cared about a single one of those awful Snow White movies, even though they have nothing to do with Disney, because I didn't really watch uh, that movie. I they're doing a, a Snow White, the Snow White and the Huntsman. Oh, right, right, that, right. That was right. a Maleficent, was it? No, Mal, uh, Maleficent is, that, is, oh, the, Mal- is Maleficent? The, the witch, the main witch of. Uh, Snow Sleep, White. They're making another one Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, and I haven't seen another Maleficent. Yeah, they're doing another one of those too. I haven't. I never cared about Sleeping Beauty. So there's select ones that I care about that I'm really excited for. See, I don't see how anyone could be excited for Aladdin because that's how much I loved that movie growing up. But some people don't like care because they didn't yeah, watch it. It's one of those things where everyone has their favorite Disney movies, and so. When they are remade, they're going to be really excited, but then there's those ones that they didn't really care for as a kid that they won't be as excited. I will say with Aladdin, um, I believe it's, her name is Naomi Scott, who's playing Jasmine, and she was the pink Power Ranger in the 2017 oh, Power Rangers movie. The, the hidden hit. Which I I think it was a total sleeper hit. I loved, I loved it. I loved Power Rangers. Much better than I ever would have dreamed of. Do you know they confirmed a sequel? I hope so. They did. They actually confirmed a sequel was happening after all that trial and that movie, it kind of blew my mind. I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed I left the theater going, how in the hell did I enjoy that thoroughly? Yeah. That was a teen drama with superpowers done very, very well. And I, just, I, I, liked, I really liked that movie. He, the Megazord suplexes a giant monster. German suplexes a giant monster. And then slaps Rita into outer space. I don't know how you can walk away from that not feeling good. Slaps <laughs> <Like, laughs> <laughs> Rita in outer space. That Yeah, that's a good point. But real quick, let's do our top three grossing movies. 2019, Disney, one through three. My number one top grossing movie. I'm going to put Avengers 4, number one. Number two... I'm going to do Lion King. I think Lion King is going to do insane numbers. Lion King number two. Number three, I'm going to say Star Wars Episode Nine by a fringe amount. I think Frozen 2 absolutely could push Star Wars Episode Nine because that's how much of a reaction Episode Eight got out of people, that there's legitimately hordes of people who are going to blacklist this movie whether they, whether people like it or not, that is the fact of it. And I think we saw the re- repercussions of Episode Eight with Solo. People's enthusiasm with Star Wars heavily drained. So right. I think Frozen Two could push it for that. So those are my top three. I would say Avengers Four is number one. Um, no contest. I think we all. Yeah, I think we can yeah, agree with that. I agree. Star with that. Wars Nine second, and probably. I should say Frozen 2, but I want to say Toy Story 4. Yep, Ooh. I agree with that. Toy Story 4 for number three for you guys. Yep. So you're, are you the same? I'm, I'm the same as Tanner. Avengers 4, Star Wars Episode 9, and mm-hmm. Toy Story 4. I, I could potentially see Toy Story 4 being two. Toy Story 4 did, Toy Story 3 did a lot of money, a lot of money, so I wouldn't right. be surprised. Toy Story 4, I, for some reason, though, I do feel like it has a different feel. I think all of us are kind of... I think the entire audience and, and general audience is feeling what 
are they going to do in yeah. Toy Story 4 that would do, outdo Because Toy Story 3 seemed right. like a definitive ending. They did that's a good where job I think, with the third one. Yeah. You thought it was going to be the ending, so I, I agree. I, I think mean, that's where it could be an issue, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. I think that's going to do it for the episode today, guys. I think we had a lot of really great discussion. You're looking shocked. Did we leave something out? No, uh... Didn't bring up. I think what's going to be the real sleeper Disney oh, hit of yes. 2019. Tanner has some sleeper hit uh, here. What it's a movie please. called Nicole, and <laughs> oh yes, yes, uh, Nicole. It's about um, Santa Claus's daughter. Oh God, who this I is guess, Anna Kendrick is. Yes, it? Oh, I guess Santa Claus no. is retiring, and it's up to his son to take over the family business. But the son gets cold feet the night of. So then Anna Kendrick. Whose character is Nicole, like Nick, Nick. Saint Nick, Nicole. Oh, Get my it? Gosh. Uh, Anna Kendrick Santa Claus movie. I need to reorder my list. Nicole, number one grossing movie for Disney. All time. All t- I'm going to is... say all time. <laughs> I th- hey. I think instant classic already. It could be. I... It's reading like an instant <laughs> classic. It's it going to really go straight is. to Hallmark. <laughs> I'm just happy that there's people still putting effort into their Disney movie, into their Christmas movies, and. By God. We haven't had a good Christmas movie in a while. I'm going to be surprised, by the way, if they don't change the name. Nicole, the Christmas, Nicole Claus. Nicole Claus. Nicole Claus. Nicole Claus. That doesn't sound good. Yeah. I just, Nicole doesn't sound like a Christmas movie to me. When you say Nicole, I feel like some cult horror movie is being described to me. Nicole. Yeah, like Annabelle. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. What was that other one? Carrie? Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. (laughs) Do you think Anna Kendrick is going to have like um, a Santa Claus kind of like the Tim Allen thing where her character is going to get like fat over the course grow of the movie and she's going to grow a beard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be what happens. Maybe. It would be like interesting to see, to see in her beard. Mm. Anna Kendrick in a beard. Oh, anyways. <laughs> I think that's going to do it. I think that's going to do it for the podcast today. Thank you all so much for listening to Cinemastic Episode 3. We talked a lot in this thing and what I want to do going forward as well is do segmented marks for people who might want to get to certain topics I will be marking those in the descriptions of our podcast as well from going forward from here on out timestamps timestamps if you will so I think that's going to wrap it up guys thank you again for listening so much I want to go over the places you can listen to us at one last time again Apple Podcasts finally approving us google podcast spotify breaker castbox pocket cast radio public and stitcher all carrying the cinemastic podcast and because we're on apple podcasts almost every other podcast app uses that as a directory so you can find us on your favorite app now i would i would imagine if there are other people uh that are playing us please send us an email to cinemasticpod at gmail.com i would love to put that out there for people to uh, have as an option Thank you all again so much. We're going to be back next week with another Cinemastic. We're going to have another Force Vision podcast coming up soon as well. Subscribe to us. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And that's going to do it, guys. You're going to stay watching. Stay, I'm still coming up with a slogan for this thing. Stay watching. Stay flicking. Stay, stay listening. Stay listening. This is Max Liedem at Max Fozzie. We'll talk to you later. 
Bye.